Hey guys, my name is Ben Berman and welcome to the Starting It Up podcast where I interview all types of entrepreneurs uncovering actionable steps and inspiration that you can use to build your business, your side hustle, whatever it is that you're trying to create and live the life you've always wanted. On this episode, we talk with Rick Cloud, who's an entrepreneur turned entrepreneur and startup advisor. He began and spent the bulk of his career in sales and marketing where he was always finding ways to improve how things were getting done. Rick didn't know it at the time, but he was actually actually something called an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur within an organization. Eventually, Rick discovered the startup ecosystem through an angel investing group and began making investments in startups and taking on mentorship and teaching roles. Rick has also co-founded numerous ventures like his current one, Launch 413, a virtual C-suite for scaling startups comprised of executives from Fortune 500 companies and successfully exited startups. We talk about how to develop an innovation-driven mindset, why entrepreneurship is so important to Western Massachusetts, how anyone can actually become entrepreneurial and impact their organization and community, and much more. Hope you all enjoy. Here it goes. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking with Rick Plout, who is the uh, co-founder and venture advisor at Launch 413, in addition to being an entrepreneur in residence at Smith College, a mentor uh, for an accelerator called Valley Venture Mentors and a uh, former instructor, which is how we actually know each other at UMass Amherst. Uh, you've had a really long career in the startup and entrepreneurial space, and I'm going to kind of hand it over to you to just tell us you know, where it all began. I remember, I think during the first class that you had taught, you mentioned how you were actually an entrepreneur. So if you could just start there and you know tell us what that is and and how you got started and the progression from from then till now. Cool. Yeah. So so I didn't really realize uh, I was entrepreneurial uh, ever, uh, even though I've always had jobs. You know, from a very young age, I uh, I was interested in making money. So I sold stuff uh, when I was in elementary school, door to door to get prizes. Uh, I had paper routes. I had all kinds of uh, gardening jobs, anything to get cash. Uh, after school, uh, I ended up after a series of jobs in a corporation and I had a sales and marketing role and that grew to the point where I was opening new territories, developing new products and creating basically new, new businesses for this company. Uh, but even so, I never realized that was that was being entrepreneurial because I was I was in the corporation. I had all the resources of, cor- of a corporation. And later on, I heard this term had been uh, invented, an entrepreneur. And it pretty much described what I did, which is doing new stuff and building stuff with the, with the corporate resources. And it's, it's really not that different from being an entrepreneur because it still requires a whole lot of selling. You know, a corporation uh, in some ways acts like a bank and uh, they've got a lot of, lot of choices what to invest resources into. And if they're going to invest in something that you want them to do, you have to pitch and you have to, you have to win them over. So yeah, I, I was, I was sort of an entrepreneur in a corporate setting. Yeah. So, uh, so in 2008, I became a, a reluctant entrepreneur. I got fired from my, from my job. Uh, there were probably a lot of reasons, many of which I'm not aware of. What I'd like to <laughs> rationalize to myself is, uh, 
that I wanted us to grow and take advantage of the uh, terrible economy by knocking out our competitors. Uh, and no one else uh, really liked that idea. Uh, so they figured, hey, let's lose a big salary and <laughs> we'll get rid of Rick. Uh, were so you, uh, yeah. Were you like a confrontational employee? Were you always like bringing things up or? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. I, I was pretty confrontational. I, 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 uh, didn't have a whole lot of patience for people who didn't agree with me and uh, never really, never really was really good at playing the political game and, and had a thing about authority. So I realized afterwards, you know, that that corporate life, it probably wasn't a good fit for me, but I didn't realize I had choices. Uh, so anyway, I, 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 I was not given a choice. I was fired uh, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and didn't, didn't really know what to do with myself. Uh, none of the competitors uh, that I then looked at for jobs were hiring because it was an awful time. You know, the economy was in the it was in the hole, and uh, I I figured I'd do what everyone else does, uh, that is, be a consultant. And I started a little consultancy and managed to to find a few customers, uh, but realized that because most of my career was that is the latter part of my career. I've been traveling internationally. Uh, I didn't have a local network. Uh, so I found this group, Valley Venture Mentors, uh, where I went to network. Uh, turned out it was a good place to, to learn and to meet stuff and actually to get involved. So I didn't go there for altruistic reasons, but it ended up being uh, a big part of my life uh, where I volunteered there a lot. Uh, and, and, and there I got... I, I began to understand that I actually was entrepreneurial. Didn't realize it before, but at that point I, I, I did. And I started learning more about entrepreneurship and uh, that actually led to teaching it. Very, so very cool. I mean, definitely not a traditional route into the space. I think, especially now, most people set out wanting to be entrepreneurs. So yeah. it's uh, it's interesting that you you know, didn't think this was who you were. And then it kind of just turned out to, to be the case. Um, so you, you mentioned that you taught entrepreneurship and that's actually how we met. Uh, I don't think anyone else on this podcast has like been a teacher in entrepreneurship. What does that actually mean to you? Like, how do you teach <laughs> entrepreneurship? Yeah. yeah um, no, it, 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 it is a problem. It's a, it's a, it's a thing, you know, and it's a, but it's a relatively recent thing. Uh, I'm not an expert at it. I, I don't have a degree in entrepreneurship. Uh, there are people that do. Uh, so, uh, but what do you think I, about that usually? Uh, well, I, I think it's sort of weird. <laughs> so uh, unless, unless they've had real life experience as entrepreneurs, uh, you know, starting a business or being in business, uh, I kind of find it hard to, to, I guess, to respect, uh, all the theory that they know, that they've learned. And uh, that being said, I've met, I've met some professors of entrepreneurship who've been really cool. Uh, I just, I, you know, I've never taken a class with them, so I don't really know. So all the learning that I did was uh, on the job, you know, trying to start companies and from other entrepreneurs. So, yeah. so teaching it, uh, what I do is really relatively simple. It's not, it's, it's an introduction to entrepreneurship. So it's really letting people 
play with the idea of being an entrepreneur while they're undergrads. And at Smith, what we do is we, we use this thing called uh, the Lean Launchpad, which was developed by Steve Blank. And it's, you know, it, it, what, what I like about it personally is it, it's an alignment with a lot of stuff that I learned and practiced uh, in my sales career. Uh, so when I was developing new products, I, I went through training on how to do that. Uh, and a whole lot of that is very similar to Steve Blank's uh, techniques for the Lean Launchpad. Uh, and then there, you know, a whole lot of it is based on the scientific method, which is sort of simple. You know, create a hypothesis and find a way to test it. Uh, so, so that 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 stuff that rings true for me that I've used in my career, I know works. And so when I teach it, I don't feel like I'm teaching something that's, that's foreign or just a theory. Gotcha. Yeah. And, um, I think, I think that's, that's definitely true. You, you have people like Gary Vaynerchuk who heavily criticize, uh, like a degree in entrepreneurship or something. It's like they compare it to a degree in basketball or, mm -hmm. or something else where you, you really, it, it it's, it's, it is theory based, but you know, there's the, the drastic difference between understanding how to do it and actually doing it, um, which is, you know, obviously what separates great entrepreneurs from people who aren't great in yeah. entrepreneurship or maybe never even get started. Um, and I know that since you're coming from a, a sales and, and marketing role, uh, personally, I think that sales, you know, plays a really large impact in entrepreneur entrepreneurship. I think that some of the best startup founders uh, are really good salespeople, uh, and for reasons, you know, for, for fundraising, for building, uh, you know, you know, building a core mission, having people believe in it, getting a strong team. What are your thoughts on um, sales and and the importance of uh, being a founder with um, a sales background and or sales skills? Yeah, I, I I agree, Ben. I think I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think it's not limited to entrepreneurship. You know, if if you can convince people to do things or learn from people on what needs to be done and lead them in, 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 in that way. That's very much a sales type of role. So that's, you know, that, that has to do with leadership. That has to do with having a conversation about politics. It has to do with being a good manager within a corporation. Uh, this, you know, the ability to sell your point of view or to do the work necessary to understand uh, what people's needs are, I, I, I think is, is generally a good quality. Uh, but I think yeah. you're right specifically for, for founders. If you don't have it, it's really tough. It's, it's, uh, it's an underrated skill uh, in a way. Um, and, and it's always been kind of strange to me how more really good salespeople don't turn into founders, I guess. Uh, you know, if you're a really good salesperson, you're probably making a ton of money. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's difficult to, to then leave that and start something else. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and actually just want to ask another question, uh, in regards to your experience teaching entrepreneurship. So when you're teaching college kids, what are some of the biggest, um, kind of misconceptions or, or issues that you see them have about this? Uh, and how do you kind of steer them in the right direction? Ha, well, you know, the good news is that I don't know a whole lot about this, so I don't have
have to steer people in the right direction too much because I don't realize they're going in a wrong direction. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so I don't often have that. What I find is different. So I've taught at a few different schools uh, and I found that the students come to it with a different point of view often generally. I mean, not everyone and it's, and I'm creating stereotypes, but there are some students that come at it from a very practical point of view, like tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and I, and I better be successful as a result. <laughs> and then there are other people that are really, you know, as students, more, more interested in the theory, more interested in, in, the what do you do and why do you do it and let me understand that and I want to read up on it and 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 that's sort of the other extreme. Uh, what I tend to find at at Smith because I because I teach there and I've taught there for six years I've, I've got most of my experience there is and, and here this is a generalization. Most people, most students don't realize how much work being an entrepreneur is. Uh, it's sexy. There's a lot of there's a lot of press about it. Obviously, you're contributing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, people. Sorry you know, from from my point of view, most most people who become entrepreneurs are forced into it. You know, they're forced into it because either they can't hold a straight job for whatever reason, they can't get a straight job for some reason, or they're just so, so taken with a very particular idea that they just have to work on that. And, and you know, the other option is get a good job, get benefits, have time for yourself, have a social life, have a family, <laughs> you know, all those things uh, which sort of get in the way of entrepreneurship. Uh, this is something I've brought up and, and talked about a lot. I think there's... A misconception that you need to be an entrepreneur in order to be like a success nowadays when you know, obviously it's not true and um again like it, it is it is kind of fascinating how this whole thing became really cool in the past you know 10 20 10 15 years um and i wonder you know will this still be viewed the same way uh in another 10 or 15 years i i think probably not but uh it might be something else at that point but um but who knows yeah. And, um, uh, so you've been angel investing now for uh, for a little while. Um, can you just speak a little a little bit about how you actually joined this angel group, um, why you did it, and kind of the experience that you've had there personally, and and what um, is unique to just being a part of uh, of an angel group? Yeah, sure. You, you know, you know. So here again, I have to speak only for myself. Uh, I can't. I can't tell you how generally angels do this. Uh, ben, you probably have more experience than I do with this. Uh, that is with a broad range. Um, so my story is uh, when I, when I when I when I got fired, uh, having been in sales, I I had made a fair amount of money. I was I was I was good at what I did, and, yeah. and made and 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 became quite comfortable. Uh, so you know the the. the the stock market tanks. Everyone, included my, including myself, is is really angry with Wall Street. Uh, 
I was lucky because I had made some 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 decent investments and and had good timing. So for me, uh, I actually did quite well at that time, but just out of sheer luck, not because I'm some genius investor. Uh, so so I got lucky, made some money, and I was thinking, how can I how can I take some of my investment and see some more impact where I live locally, uh, because here I am sending all my money to New York and it's being invested all over the world. I have no connection to it. I don't even understand the annual reports that I get. I, I don't feel any connection to this money that I, that I supposedly have. Uh, and, and I, so I wanted more control and I wanted to, to aim it more specifically. So I was looking how to be a local investor and I realized that I didn't know anything about investing. You know, I, di I didn't know. And, and I, I, got, I got into a couple of groups of, of, you know, almost hippie type folks that are, you know, well, this Western Massachusetts thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, 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 yeah. you know, I experienced it for a few years. Crunchy granola and tie dye and, and anyway, so I got into a local investing group like that, and I still didn't learn enough. I was the smartest, the smartest financially there, and I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. So that wasn't going to be a place for me to learn. You know, it was a nice idea to invest locally, but we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. So, so then I got invited to uh, this this group. Well, oh, oh, now I remember. So I was actually mentoring a startup at Valley Venture Mentors, and they got invited to pitch at River Valley Investors, and they asked me to come along. So I came along, and I saw this pretty diverse group of people with a bunch of different backgrounds uh, talking about these businesses that were pitching, and I found it very interesting, and I learned a lot. Uh, so I, I, I got myself invited back to a couple of meetings to see how it went, and, and finally joined up. Now, now, I've never been an, a very aggressive investor. I've always been pretty safe, you know. So, so I own Berkshire Hathaway, and I own a bunch of mutual funds, and I own, you know, nothing. I've never been in and out of the market. I don't play the market. I don't know any of that stuff. Uh, yeah, I've just it's, been, it's uh, not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, well, it's been, for me, it's been buy and hold, and luckily it worked. Uh, so, so anyway, I, I'm not a very sophisticated investor, and I'm certainly not aggressive. So angel investing, I still haven't decided whether it's in my blood or not. But the cool thing is I'm learning a lot. So I'm learning more about how to do due diligence. I'm learning more about... I hope what's important in a startup, uh, and and I certainly uh, appreciate the conversation around the table uh, from my fellow investors and from the startups and from the guests that come. So so it's it's worth it to me to pay a little money to be part of this group, you know, because there we have to have to support the the meeting room and the donuts we get stuff like that so i pay a little bit every year to be part of this group and i learn a little and every once in a while i make a small investment nothing big i know we were uh we were just briefly talking about this before uh, we started recording um, but i think it's actually uh, pretty relevant uh, especially with kind of my point of view here at republic where uh, essentially we allow anyone to become an angel investor um, mm -hmm. 
you're talking about how in your angel group meetings, it's difficult to sometimes come to a decision because you need multiple parties. Can you just talk a little bit about like those kinds of situations and, you know, um, what that experience is like when you want to make an investment in a company, but no one else does, or maybe not enough people do. And then you end up passing on the deal. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so we see, I'm going to say an average of, of three startups a month. And maybe it's because I'm such a sucker for a good pitch. Uh, you know, because if you're a sales guy, if you, if you get sold well, you appreciate that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so, so I may be, I might be a little too much of a pushover, but, but very often I find myself attracted to and interested in and willing to do diligence on, on, on these companies that come before us. And I can't, you know, either not enough people are, are interested from the start or they fall off quickly during our due diligence process. And it ends up that me and another guy each want to put, you know, a small amount in and it's not nearly enough to make it worthwhile to the startup to, to take our money. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's frustrating for the startup who's invested, of course, a whole lot of time pitching to the angels. Uh, and it's frustrating to those of us angels that want to invest uh, because not everyone in the room uh, has the money at the right time, has the interest, has, you know, whatever it takes. You know, people don't, don't just automatically push the button and say go on everything. They have their own little, yeah. you know, whatever their biases are. Especially when it's a pretty decent amount of your own money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'd say probably most of us in the room are, are similar to me in that we're almost like dilettantes. We're not professional investors. We don't do that, do it in order to make money. We're doing it for other reasons, much of which has to do with supporting startups in general, uh, supporting things that we hope will impact our local community. Uh, and you know, things, things like that. So they're, they're mixed motivations. Uh, and, and most of us are not putting real big money into this. There are a couple of players, but most of us aren't. Yeah. And, and even from my, like, you know, brief experience in, in the Western mass area, uh, I know that, and this is something you've mentioned multiple times so far that supporting the community, you know, Western mass, uh, having that become an ecosystem for innovation is is something that's super important. Uh, and, you know, organizations like the River Valley Investor Group, which you're part of, Valley Venture Mentors, uh, which you mentor at and are part of, and now Launch 413, all kind of work together to foster this community. Can you speak about, you know, what the importance of having an ecosystem like that is and essentially what the goal is uh for um you know the 413 area uh the valley venture area um and how like other communities possibly if someone's listening in a a different area how can they start to uh you know do something similar uh for their own local area yeah so so again i can't speak for everyone i can speak for myself and and maybe a few people that i've talked to over the years about this stuff but but generally uh we see entrepreneurship as a way to jumpstart the local economy and it and and it may not be the best way but it's a way that we enjoy uh and it's a way that certainly is getting a lot of press these days so it's sexy and we get press (laughs) but uh but 
you know, taking taking much of this started because we've got this wealth of academics here. We've got all these graduates. I don't know how many people were in your graduating class at UMass, Ben. Um, like five, six thousand. Yeah, some number like that, plus all the other schools around here. You know, there are like 20 schools in the Valley. So we're talking about 20 or 30,000 students every year that are real smart. Wouldn't it be nice if some of them stuck around and built businesses here? So much of what we do is to support, was, was originally designed to support that, was to keep people here. Uh, but people leave here because there are no jobs. So how do we get jobs? Mm -hmm. Well, we start companies. So that's the, the general idea. Keep the students here, build businesses that'll, that they could work at, if not found, and uh, generally have more people paying taxes and make life better for all of us. Yeah, I mean, on the face of it, that like makes a ton of sense. You know, no one's going to stay if there aren't opportunities. Uh, and if you create opportunities, people are more likely to stay. I know that, you know, personally for me, after people graduate UMass, like unless they're working, you know, unless they're usually going to grad school, studying for something and working part time uh, or very, very rarely they actually find like a full time job in the area. So um, yeah. I think it's super cool. And, you know, even when I was there, I know there was a lot of people talking about turning the Valley Venture area into like the next Silicon Valley uh, or something similar or. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we, it's, we don't it's, have uh, to be, we don't have to be that big and that successful. Yeah. But the, the cool thing is, you know, so we have lots of resources here. We've got relatively inexpensive standard of living and ability to buy housing and things like that. We've got beautiful mountains and, you know, we're close to the country. There's a lot of cultural stuff with all the colleges and universities, and yet people can't stay because there are no jobs. So if we can just create a few more jobs, we don't, you know, it'd be great to, to, to have a Google start here or a Facebook or another unicorn. That's sort of unlikely. But we could have a few businesses that have tens or hundreds of jobs. That would make a big difference in a in a relatively small community like ours. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, I'd love to see that. I don't get to go out much to Western Mass at this point. Usually, just once a year for uh, for homecoming. But um, you know, I'd love to kind of start going more and seeing uh, the things that are happening there. Um, and you know, Rick, as we're kind of winding this down, I'd love to hand it over to you one more time. Uh, so you could maybe just leave everyone with a message from your experience, like for, for someone who, um, is an entrepreneur, you know, or someone who thinks they're an entrepreneur, they're working at an organization and they want to, um, maybe they, you know, I feel like we've had so many people just say, how do they get out of a job? Let's talk about how to stay in, in a job, but become, <laughs> right. but actually, get your entrepreneurial like kind of needs out and really just figure out a way to um, to innovate within your company. Like what's your advice to, to that yeah. person? Yeah. So so it, it actually takes me back to my teaching job. So when I first when I first started at Smith, I thought my job was to create entrepreneurs. And I realized pretty quickly that most graduates 
can't become entrepreneurs because they've got all these loans and debt, so they get jobs. And at first, it was really disappointing to me that all the all my best students were going to work for Goldman Sachs. Uh, but then I figured, you know what? If if I can help them learn how to be entrepreneurial, that is m much more valuable because you can be entrepreneurial in any career, anywhere, even in the army. You know, even in something so regimented. So, so if you learn how to be entrepreneurial and if you learn how to, how to see problems, believe that you can, can overcome them and then convince people, pitch people uh, that, it should, that, that you should be able to do that, you could be very successful. You know, you can build a business within a business if you see it, an issue and come up with a, with a way to, do, to, to fix it. And, and the cool thing is these techniques that we teach, you know, the, the lean startup stuff, I think it's as applicable to corporate life as, as a startups. You know, it's problem solving. It's communicating. It's learning. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really cool stuff. Anyone could do it. <laughs> And yeah. should and should you know <laughs> if you've got experience if you've been working for ten years in customer service someplace, you know a lot about what doesn't work and what could be better and how to change things. It's up to you to be entrepreneurial, and if you've learned how to do that, and if you have the confidence to do that, you know you're gonna you're gonna write you're gonna be very valuable to that company. You don't have to leave. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's that's such a key point, and. It really all comes down to mindset. I think so many people just assume maybe because of their position or, you know, who their boss is or, or the size of their company that they can't, you know, innovate. They can't do what they want. But, but like you're saying, you know, if you build the skills um, like convincing people sales, you know, putting things together, logistics, these, these kinds of skills, you're able to now present your case. And if you're working at any, you know, competent business, like they want to get better. So... Uh, a large company is is a startup essentially that that has scaled um, and has a much larger size. So it's not like any of these companies really want to stagnate. And if they do, you should probably maybe actually switch jobs at that point because it's not going to be around <laughs> for long. Right. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's really great advice, and I think it's uh, it's really interesting to to hear that kind of a perspective on this topic, um, and not just hear you know quit your job and, and go start something, whatever, yeah. um, which sometimes is the answer. Yeah, yeah it, it sometimes is, but my guess is most people should not be entrepreneurs. I mean, first of all, if everyone wanted to be an entrepreneur, no one <laughs> would yeah. do the other stuff. But but the point is, you know, it's hard, hard, hard. It's insecure. It's not for everyone. But I think most everyone should be at least a little bit entrepreneurial. Absolutely. And, and again, it's, it's literally just a mindset. And once you realize that, because, you know, I've, I've just been talking to a lot of people, like I'll, I'll tell someone, hey, uh, they'll ask me, what do you do? I say, I have a podcast, talk to startups. And they're like, and I talk to startups, entrepreneurs, and they're like, oh, I don't know anything about business. Like, I don't, oh, I, I wouldn't understand that. Oh, and it's just like this mindset issue that people think that you mm -hmm. need to go to school to understand how to how to understand an idea, how to understand how to take an idea uh, into an action, whether it's a from a seed to a business or whether it's like just an improvement in, in terms of, you know, what you're working on at work or even like in your daily life, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome that, you know, you're out here educating people and, and hopefully this podcast is as well because uh, they're just – 
I feel like so many people have a lot of potential in them and due to maybe what they've been taught or what they've heard or what they've just always like told themselves, they never, you know, change their mindset and, uh, and achieve what they, what they realistically could. So, um, definitely really impactful advice and, uh, and hopefully people get a lot of takeaways from it. Thanks. Thanks. It's, it's been fun. I really, I get it. You can tell I'm passionate about it, but I, I get a kick out of it too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you again, Rick, so much, uh, for doing this. Uh, it was great to connect and, um, yeah, if uh, if you want anyone to kind of you know reach out to you or or check out what you're working on, uh, feel free to drop the best places for people to to do those things. Uh, thank you, Ben. It's been a pleasure. And yeah, uh, ValleyVentureMentors.org is a great place to meet me and meet other people who are are supporting uh, entrepreneurship uh, here in Western Mass. Great. There you guys have it. Thanks again, Rick. Thanks, Bye. Ben. Bye bye. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, go rate and subscribe to the podcast. Even share it with your friends if you found the lessons valuable. We do the show every week, so stay tuned for more episodes. And till next time.